What is up, River family? It is Wednesday, which means it's our Wednesday Bible study. Here's why we do this. We want to grow together right where we are. So we hope that this encourages you. We hope it inspires you. So let's dive into his word. What's up, everybody? It's Wednesday morning. Yeah. If you have been a part of us, you know I'm here with our outreach pastor, Tori, this morning. morning. Um, And the room looks different. We're in a, a deep part of the conversation and Figured we'd make this more of a table table talk type conversation. If this is your first time with us, man, we're pumped. Uh, whether you're watching it now live, listening to a podcast later, or watch it on Facebook later. The reason that we do this is our goal is to grow together right where we are. And the process that we use is we are actually going through the Bible. We've been going through the Mark, uh, through the book of Mark in bite-sized portions. So we almost work, I would say, subtitle to subtitle. You know what I mean? Um, so we're we're it's it's about to get it's about to go down right Easter is not this Sunday but next Sunday this Sunday is Palm Sunday and we're almost in that part of the book of Mark uh, Mark is 16 chapters long we're at the back end of chapter 14 so if you got a Bible I'll give you a second to turn there we're gonna start in verse uh, 43 and so just kind of fill you in. Um, remember, we want to. This is going to be crucial, to kind of, to thinking about today's writing. Uh, Mark was not a direct disciple of Jesus, right? He was a follower of Peter. So, a lot of what's happening in Mark's gospel is what Peter tells him to write down. Now, we were just talking a little bit before this that there's something interesting uh, that Peter doesn't write in this story, but we'll dive into that. So, let's read. We're going to be 43 through 52, and then we're going to dive in. We're going to break it down. It says, and immediately. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. Uh, but one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, "Have you come out against me as uh, against? Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled." And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body and they seized him but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked all right so it's getting real jesus has just gotten arrested um judas has become judas uh so tori what are you what are you seeing like as we break this down i guess like you know you've heard this story or like a lot of us have heard this story over and over and so i've read this story but like last night as i was reading it it really hit me that judas is walking with a bunch of men, it says, um, with clubs and spears and, like, weapons. And yeah. I never had seen that. I never had, like, really paid attention that Judas doesn't just walk up and kiss him. He comes with a gang of... And then it, like, it makes me so sad because it says, the swords and clubs, this armed crowd was sent from the chief priests and teachers of the law. Yeah. And so, like, it's... It's, it's just such a struggle because the very thing that Jesus came, like the church, um, it, what he came to serve and the people, it's like the leaders of that at that time were coming against him. Like it's such a, it's just an ironic, you know, I just didn't see how much was against him at that moment. 
how, how he had served his whole life, you know, going from, like he says, I've been at the temple, why are you coming at me? You know, and yeah. the very thing he has served his whole life for is what's coming against him. The very people he's, you know, um, slept with and traveled with have come against him. You know, like these are his companions, you know, Judas at this point and for years. And it's just sad to think that he's watching these people and everything come against him even before he goes to the cross. Like that's a heartbreak, I feel like, for him. Yeah, I, I think we see that like consistent throughout the gospel. It's like all of the years of building up, you know, uh, when Jesus first comes on the scene, I think we see it early in, like, I think it's maybe Mark chapter three, that they start building up a case against him, right? So they, they keep plotting against him. And, you know, it, we, from like looking at last time we did the Bible study a couple weeks ago, we know it's like two o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. right? Because the disciples... They fell asleep, not because they were unable. Like, they were, like, legit tired. Yeah. Jesus is praying. <laughs> he starts out. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Maybe they have an internal clock like I do. They are, like, legit tired. So You they, would be asleep. I would have been asleep, too. I know you love Jesus, but I know you get tired. <laughs> Unless there's some energy drinks around. Like, I'd have been asleep, too. Um, so, so we know, like, it's crazy. So, interesting place to catch up. So, he comes with a crew. That is armed, right? And they're they're from the chief priests. All of these people that have been plotting against him, um, and, but they come at night, which is I think is a crucial uh, thing for us to hold on to, right? Because Jesus, you heard him saying at the end of the day, okay, you're coming at me like I'm a robber with weapons and swords and all this other stuff. He's like, I've been in the temple day by day. Yeah. Why wouldn't they come get him during the day? Well, we talked a little bit about it, but it's because they knew Jesus had such an influence. Yeah. with the people and if they did that at the temple the people would have had an uproar like why is this happening you know why is what is going on they would ask because they would they like the teachers didn't come they sent their slaves and yeah. their servants they're they're smart you know what i mean like they didn't come and do their resting so they're real manipulative in how they do things okay so that's super interesting so um this actually came from our church secretary this morning um, but she was talking about, you know, some, some crucial things with Judas is one, Judas never calls Jesus Lord. He calls him rabbi, which we see happen again in verse 45. He calls him. So that the significance of that is like, you're not in control of me, but you're an inf- like you're a teacher to me, like you're an influence of, t- of teacher. So there was no, um, almost no like true submission. I would propose to, to who Christ was. Like, it was like, I want to follow you because of your influence, but I'm not going to stay with you when your plan is the opposite of mine. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, another reason, thing that we see is, okay, he, he kisses him. So one of the th- signs, questions that I had coming into this before Stephanie told us this was, okay, if the scribes and the, like the religious leaders had been plotting against Jesus, why would Judas have to kiss him? I mean, if this guy has had so much influence... Um, why would he have to kiss him? And Stephanie talked about well, it being dark. Yeah. So they were in, in them being in the garden, they would have to have several people kind of, um, there would be several people in there. So to, to kiss this one would, would make sense. But two, uh, it just kind of hit me as you were talking about this. The priests weren't with him. No. Or, or uh, we know that one of them was. Because, yes, there was because he got his ear cut off. Yeah, because he got his ear <laughs> cut But for the most part, Poor guy. they were... They were men sent by the priests, so yeah. they may have not have had the connection <laughs> that the or the anger. Or, that actually, it says struck the servant of the high priest. So that guy, sorry, I said that wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, he was a servant. 
So of the priest. Even better. That that even slid up. So one, why would Judas kiss him? Um, two, it's one, it's dark outside, yeah, right? Dark. So it would signify. But it's interesting that it's not the the chief priest, the scribes, or the elders. It is kind of their henchmen. Mm-hmm. So they may not have known Jesus to the tenacity yeah. that the chief priests and the elders did. And I love what Stephanie was telling us earlier about the rabbi, because I had never seen that from her, her perspective. And like, and she she went back through other scriptures and how he never called him Lord and how the other disciples had. And I thought that was really cool. We're doing a Bible study with each day until Easter right now um, on the river women's page it's rbr women and so she's going to talk about that um or do her bible study this weekend um so like caitlin just talked about how judas betrayed jesus just for 30 coins which was the price of a servant and it was cool because she talked about how judas like he is now in a life of like slavery like and he changed his life for that yeah and i thought that was really cool so that is super interesting It, it's a, 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 just an Old Testament parallel to that, too, is the story of Hosea and Gomer. Mm-hmm. Um, Hosea purchases his own wife yes, back okay. for what would have been the equivalent yeah. of about 30 coins, which was the price of a slave. Yeah. You know, but he was willing. It, it, that's, a, that's a tough story because you have to purchase your wife. Oh. Like she was already, <laughs> she was already his. But, that, that guy, he had a hard life. <laughs> yeah. But the example is that God, that he's representing God's relationship to Israel and even to humanity is that God purchased his people who prostituted themselves to either their own desires or false gods. Or uh, it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating Story. So let's go to, let's look at this. Verse 47. Remember, I told you that the writers, Mark, who followed Peter, we said this is going to be super interesting. Verse 47. But one of those who stood there drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. <coughs> Tori, who is the one who struck the guy? Well, it was Peter. It he, was Peter. He wasn't just quick with his words. He was quick with his sword. <laughs> and not very accurate. Like, you know, it's... If you pull out a sword and you're going to strike somebody, like you, you're you're not swinging for years. You're swinging to take a life. You know what I mean? So uh, Peter is like kind of the guy you want. Well, he's bold. Like we see, this is the boldness, and and he says, like man, like I'll follow you to death. So you kind of see the boldness right here. He hadn't quite denied Jesus yet, um, but and he's willing to fight for him. But, um, but Jesus quickly rebukes him and is like, put your sword up. Yeah, so that's the part that's interesting. We are outnumbered, Peter. Put your sword up. Yeah, so <laughs> he never tells Mark that it was him that drew the sword. And then he never he doesn't put in the part where Jesus rebukes him. Yeah. You know, so we'll see the part like right after that, verse 48, where Jesus rebukes the people coming at him. He's like, hey, you know, why are you treating me like? Like I'm a robber or somebody crazy. You come with swords and clubs. Um, obviously, we don't see them use those uh, in in the narrative. He goes, and I've been in front of you every day. Like you could have just come and got me then. And then he kind of comes up and he goes, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. Now you mentioned. Uh, yeah. So I love Isaiah so much. Um, but when he says, let, let the scriptures be fulfilled, he's referring to Isaiah and it's um, chapter 53. Verse 7, and just Isaiah 53 is just beautiful in its way. It just all of it, like it talks about when he was pierced and crushed and all those references. Like when he would have sat down and done the Lord's Supper with the disciples just a few hours before, that's what he was talking about. Like 
but by his wounds, I will be, you will be healed. You know? yeah. And right here, it's talking about he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he didn't open his mouth. And he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he didn't open his mouth. And I think this is kind of crazy because, so if you don't know about us, we work with Naomi and Dawson. And we got a goat farm during COVID. <laughs> and it sounds crazy. But we had a lot of baby goats. And um, it was awesome during COVID. But we got rid of our goats. And I don't know if you think, know anything about goats, but they are very loud all the time. Oh, they're my favorite. We just got two baby sheep. And they don't make any noises hardly ever. And even Dawson this week just said, this is what the scriptures mean when he was silent as a lamb. Because we have been so used to goats that and that noise they make, the baby goats. I was waiting. <laughs> and so um, I just see the memes now. <laughs> um, so if you have a goat meme, you can share it now. No, I'm just teasing. But um, for the sheep, like for that baby, those two baby lambs, they were just so quiet. And like, it was so awesome when Dawson said that, like, this is how quiet Jesus was whenever he was being led. And it just talks about the oppression that he takes on for him and the transgressions for our people. It just goes on through all that he's crushed. And um, it just it's just that he was poured out his life um, unto our death. And so I just love that he's telling them, like, because they know the scriptures, those disciples that are with him. And so he's telling them, like, this is for the Lord's will. And that's what it says in Isaiah 53, that he will be poured out. So he's trying to tell his disciples, like, it's for the Lord's will. And he's referring to that scripture so they know, like, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And they can later look on this with hope, like, no, this is what the Lord will. This is what the Lord wanted. And so I think that's awesome to whenever it refers back to scriptures to go and see there's little notes on the side of your Bible and it'll be like little funny, you know, they're like Matthew or whatever. And go back and read because you learn so much about what the Lord was trying to show. Especially when it's a new Testament text referencing an old Testament text. I've been taking a a class uh, on the Bible project. It's kind of an introduction to the Hebrew Bible. So introduction to the old Testament. And Jesus sums up the Old Testament. He's like, yeah, this is what the scripture, it was like right after the road to Emmaus, uh, Jesus reappears, he has dinner with the guys. And then it says that he points them to the scriptures. Well, they didn't have the New Testament. And Paul would do the same thing talking in 2 Timothy. He points Timothy back to the scriptures. The New Testament wasn't formed. So uh, they would have just had the Old Testament. And Jesus said, yeah, this is what the Old Testament was about the Messiah coming and suffering on behalf of humanity, but coming out on the other side and offering offering salvation yes. to them. Yeah. So this is the starting point of that. Yeah. You know, so if you've ever had a question like, is the Old Testament relevant? Yes. According to Jesus, <laughs> yes, because it points to the points to the narrative that we're actually uh, breaking down. Everything in the Old Testament leads up to this moment right here, like this whole scene from Jesus being arrested to being flogged to being crucified, and ultimately to what we celebrate on Easter, that he, the grave is empty to the resurrection. Well, and just like you're talking about Hosea, so like you, you hear a story about a prophet who's married to a prostitute, and you're like, I don't understand this. Well, Hosea is a symbol of Jesus. Yeah. And so like you, you have to read that New Testament through the lens of how is this pointing to Jesus? How can I see Jesus in this? You know, like Joseph, man, that has so many parallels to Jesus. Yeah. And so you just read that and you have to ask yourself, like, Lord, what are you saying about the Old Testament? 
And you can do a lot of commentary research and find a lot of good stuff. I was about to nerd out like Abraham so. Isaac, but that's a whole nother Bible study. Uh, let's let's get ready to to wrap this up. Verse fifty. It says they all left him and fled. That would be the three disciples that were with him, and that's like. Looking back at verse 27, Jesus told them, you're all going to fall away. He said, uh, when I strike the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered. So we kind of see that. Now, there's an interesting tag that you will only find, I think, in this gospel as opposed to the other. And it's verse 51 and 52. And it's another streaker. Um, <laughs> the only reason I joke about that, but it says that he ran away naked. Um, scholars believe that this was actually John Mark. Right. So uh, one of the commentaries that I read alluded to this that uh, we know that um, the, the Last Supper happened at John Mark's house. It happened in the upper room of John Mark's house. So the reason that he would be in a linen cloth instead of fully clothed is because... That was my question. Yeah, <laughs> it's because he was asleep, right? But the one of the commentaries mentioned that he was asleep and then somebody came and woke him when they heard about Judas leaving to betray Jesus. So he followed them there. So, so uh, think of John Mark like, it, like almost running to tell Jesus. Yeah, just say that. This, yeah, and then this is then he gets there and Jesus is getting arrested, and because he's there at the scene, they try to arrest him too, and he's in a linen cloth. They grab the cloth, and he just I mean it's like I I think of the story of Joseph, where Potiphar's wife tries to to sleep with Joseph. She grabs his cloak and he's like, I'm out of here. He's a smart guy. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, it's it's kind of exciting because you see kind of the boldness in yeah. in a young John Mark to go and Jesus, this is what's going on, you know, um, and and then he almost gets arrested as well. Um, any final thoughts? I think the main takeaway is that when Jesus said, um, "But the scriptures must be fulfilled," as much as you're like looking at this, like, man, Jesus has just been arrested. Everyone's left him. It just seems so hopeless. There's so much hope that Jesus yeah. is saying right there, like. The scriptures are being fulfilled. I'm good. I'm doing a new thing. I'm making a way for everyone. I'm taking care of the sins. And so I think that's like what I hold on to. So. And, and the consistency in that in our life too is even though moments feel like like we're beat down and, and traumatic yeah. and all that other stuff, God is still moving. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I would I would let that be the the like the thing that we hold on to and the thing that we have moving forward. Yeah, it says that faith comes by hearing the word. And so we're hearing the word today. So may you have faith in whatever you're going through for that hope. So I think that's a great stopping point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for joining us. Man, we hope that this blesses you and it grows you uh, in your walk and that you just really encounter Jesus and the Lord in a way that you never have. So remember, the reason we do this, we want to go together right where we are. So we hope to see you next week. Well, hey, that is our Wednesday Bible study. We just want to thank you so much again for joining us. And if you want to join us every week, if you'll click subscribe, this podcast will pop up right there for you. Again, we want to do this to grow together right where we are.